Hello, friends. Welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. I'm Robin Graham, your host, and a brand marketing strategist and photographer passionate about helping women connect and grow their audience and get more clients. I am so excited you are here with me today to chat all about branding, personal development, and life overall in the second phase. What is the second phase? The second phase for me was a change in careers and learning how to navigate a new world and build a business from the ground up when I was actually terrified to put myself out into the world as something new. For some, the second phase is a significant lifestyle change, a traumatic loss, a move, an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition of your second phase, we are here together to learn about creating a brand that stands out and makes an impact and grow as our authentic selves and follow our callings, our passions, our visions, and our values. Now grab your cup of coffee or the dog's leash and let's dive into a new episode. Are you struggling with brand clarity, confidence, and creating content that connects? Want to brand yourself or your business but don't know where to begin? Or are you frustrated because you're doing all the things you see everyone else doing but you aren't getting more clients? You're telling everyone what you do but no one hears you? It's like you're speaking a foreign language because your message isn't resonating. I hear you. The overwhelm is real. I feel your pain and frustration. I've been there. It wasn't overnight that I grew my business and figured out how to create a cohesive and consistent brand message that builds genuine connections and gets more clients. In fact, I did everything the hard way and I want to make it easier for you because I've been in your shoes and I don't want you to struggle anymore. I am offering brand strategy, clarity, confidence, and connection coaching sessions to help you master your brand messaging and be seen and heard as the expert you are. In a one-hour strategy session, we'll dive deep into your values, visions, and passions to create absolute clarity around your brand messaging and business. You'll not only have absolute clarity for your brand messaging, but you'll feel confident. When you are confident, you will trust yourself more and be able to create content, content that genuinely connects and helps your ideal audience get to know, like, and trust you. After working with Tracy for only one hour, she said, Robin's branding expertise was not only insightful, but empowering. She gave me a clear vision of my personal brand and how I can market myself as an authority in higher education. The blueprint she gave me for creating a personal brand is very detailed, but most importantly, gives me confidence that I can and will continue to transform business initiatives within higher education programs and help and inspire others to do the same. Don't you want to achieve that sense of clarity and confidence to feel empowered to inspire your audience? I believe you can and will when we work together. Now, if you're envisioning yourself feeling anxious and frantically taking notes during this session, don't worry. You don't have to write anything down. The only thing you need to do is focus on the strategy session and learning, and I'll take care of everything else. You'll receive a comprehensive blueprint from me outlining everything we've talked about with action items that will take your brand messaging to the next level and attract more clients. Do you want absolute clarity on your brand messaging and to know how to connect with your ideal audience to attract more clients? Then this strategy session is for you. 
Don't waste any more time spinning your wheels. Go to therobingram.com slash shop to schedule your session today. Hurry, because I have limited spots per month so that I can give you the attention you deserve. I can't wait to work with you and watch your brand messaging and business transform. Are the thoughts of SEO and Google Analytics overwhelming you? Are you working day in and day out to try to drive traffic to your website? Your website, that massive tool that's supposed to work for you, not against you? Well, guess what? Mariah is here with me today to not only bust the SEO myths, but teach us how to implement strategies so that Google can become our BFF, so that we can focus our energy on more meaningful and fun tasks to actually grow our brands. Mariah Lyshevsky, a.k.a. Mariah Magazine, welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Robin. I'm super, super stoked to dive into this. It's so funny because this is a subject that I think is so overwhelming and intimidating to so many people, but I personally like it. I think it's that strategic side of my brain that likes the challenge of it. So I'm really excited to hear your perspectives about SEO and Google Analytics and all these things that can really make our businesses function for us without us having to do as much strenuous work and stressful work to try to drive traffic to our website. So with that said, will you please tell the listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm Mariah. I'm an SEO strategist and educator over at MariahMagazine.com. So I'm a firm believer that showing up on Google and making sales doesn't have to be as difficult and as overwhelming as everybody makes it. So since 2015, I've been helping clients strategize and strengthen their online visibility so that they can generate more website traffic, connect with the right people, increase their income, and stand out to the people that they serve. So basically, my whole spiel is like, your audience is already searching for your solutions And SEO is how we help them find you. So being, 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 I'm going to say here right now, (laughs) this is where, and I talk so much about clarity, but this is where people have to be 100% clear on what they do and the problem that they solve for their audience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because otherwise... And I'll, I'll get into this kind of as we dive in, but that's kind of how Google works. Google wants to organize the content on the internet. So it's like, how does it organize you in the whole spiel of things? Because Google has an index, which is like a big filing cabinet. So in order to be put in the right section in the filing cabinet to be shown like in the right search results, Google has to be able to correlate your content with what the people are searching for. So if you don't know your people and you don't know what pain points they have or what they would even be searching into Google, you're going to end up not getting any results because you're just going to be showing up for random things that you wrote in your blog post that might not even pertain to how exactly you help your people. Oh, I love it. I talk so much about niching down. In fact, I just did a whole episode a couple of weeks ago on that. And it's how important it is that we identify who we're talking to. Because if we're just talking to everyone, Google's not going to realize who it is we want to hear our message or read our message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's especially like figuring out how your audience says their problems, because I feel like a lot of times, like 
in the industry, since we're experts in what we do, we have our lingo, we say our thing, we assume that everybody knows the basics. But a lot of things like when I do keyword research for clients and like power hours, and we hop on and we see like where the opportunity is for them to show up, like where the gaps in the market are, a lot of the times it's before they're solution aware. So they're still in the problem phase. That's why they're going to Google. And so if we think about SEO and we keep like the user's perspective in mind, like how we use Google, we go to Google when we have a problem and we need a solution. So just keeping that in the back of your mind as you're trying to figure out the strategy to move forward with, I feel like it takes a little bit of the pressure off because like there isn't some crazy thing that you have to jump through hoops and do. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like there's a lot of different moving parts to SEO, but in order to start gaining traction, you don't have to do anything crazy. You have to create content that your people are searching for. Oh my gosh. You make it sound so simple. And you did good. I'm, I'm glad you really hit the nail on the head when you said keywords, key phrases, and just knowing what those things are that people are searching. Mm-hmm. And when my clients come to me and they're like, Mariah, I don't know, like, I'm not sure. And I was like, well, the best way to get on Google is to use Google. Go and start typing in things. See what's showing up. Do you want to show up for that? Do you not want to show up for that? An example that I really like to give is that I had a client and she was like, I want to show up for powerful speaker. And I was like, great. That's awesome. Let's Google it. So we Googled it. And what comes up? Car audio speakers. (laughs) And I'm like, well, the user intent, like how Google views that keyword isn't how you view the keyword. So If your target audience is searching that, they're going to come up with the same results. So what other words are they going to add to that keyword in order to get the exact content that you're creating? So maybe it's become a powerful speaker or something like that to where it just, it gets more specific. And I feel like that's a huge problem that people have when they start doing SEO is that they're like, okay, I want to show up for copywriting. Mm -hmm. Great. That's not specific enough. That doesn't hit a pain point. It becomes more about a phrase than it is necessarily a word. So you start with the word and you extrapolate on that. Yeah, yeah. And like, because the more specific it is, the better results the person that's searching is going to get. If I wanted to buy black high heels, am I going to go to Google and type in black high heels? No, I'm probably going to go to Google and type in open toe black high heels for bridesmaid's dress or something super specific because as a user, I don't have the time to sit here and sift through 17 pages of Google results. I know exactly what I want. I know the results that I want to see. So it's not so much about like that super broad keyword because that's not a pain point. That's a topic. That's an idea. So yeah, just getting super specific on like what pain point your content solves is going to bring you a lot more results. So some people would say, okay, well, that doesn't have a lot of search volume every month. And I say, I don't care if it only has 10. That's 120 people a year that are searching for the exact solution. Like you're becoming the solution for them. You're turning these strangers on Google into like raving fans of yours because you're helping them solve the problem that they specifically need an answer to. So 10 searches a month, great. I'll take that. I'll take 120 clients or 120 sales a year. That's awesome. And especially if you're just starting out and you're going from zero to 120. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like, not all of those people are going to buy. So that's kind of where like website strategy comes in and like understanding how your website flows a little bit. So I feel like a lot of people don't realize that like, it's not just about the keywords. It's not just about the content. It's also like, what's that goal of the content? Where are we bringing people after they read that? What's the next step for them? It's your website's journey because not every page on your website is made to show up in Google. Mm -hmm. So how can we turn these strangers that maybe find us on a blog post? What do we want them to do? What's the next step for them? Google helps you bring more people into your world, but then they're on your website and it's like, okay, how do we bring these new people into customers, clients, raving fans, what do we want them to do? Sign up for our email list. We want them to buy a digital product. Like we have to think in terms of like the bigger sales journey mm-hmm. here. You could see your website traffic increase and your sales not increase. So there I say, what's the common denominator here? It's something on your website that isn't making sense. Yeah. It's almost like you think of Hansel and Gretel and you're leaving a, a trail of crumbs mm-hmm. and that's what your website becomes. Exactly. Which is also full circle, why it's so important to know who your people are and what their problems are so that you can showcase them the solutions that they need. Mm -hmm. You're doing them a favor by showcasing the solutions. So like, don't feel weird about being like, yo, sign up for my email list. Don't be weird about that. Don't be weird about like having people sign up for a freebie or mentioning it in your blog post. You're providing a solution. So if you don't provide that solution, they're still going to be left like wondering So you're helping Mm -hmm. them. They're looking for you, man. So like show up for them. Yeah, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with having those lead magnets right there on your website. Show them what you know, be their hero, because that's what they're looking for at the end of the day. They literally have a problem that needs a solution. So become the solution and don't feel bad about it. We need it. We need more people showing up on Google that are the solution. And I feel like so many people in the beginning Like if you mention SEO, they're like, oh, it's unattainable. I'm not that advanced in my business yet. I can't show up on Google. It's like an advanced strategy. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm reminded every single day when I do SEO keyword research, how much potential there is. Because if we think about the people that are really taking advantage of SEO right now, it's agencies, it's huge bloggers like Neil Patel and like these big guys. Okay. Well, what about the other people? Like, what about the smaller things, the more specific, like, solutions that people need? Who's showing up for them? Yeah. There's so many gaps in the market. It's not oversaturated. You just have to get strategic about it. And you'll end up reaping the benefits. Because, yeah. like, there is, I have a blog post that I wrote four years ago. Still brings in a ton of traffic. Haven't touched it. Haven't touched it in four years. You know, something you said, too, is some of these people that are, considered big in the industry or, you know, big influencers, they're intimidating and they feel unattainable. So people are looking for a solution that maybe someone huge and intimidating is not going to provide for them because they're afraid to work with them. So the more you show up and the more you have your website working for you and presenting yourself as the solution to a problem, the more likely you are to get hired. And at the end of the day, if we don't get hired, we don't have a success. We can't pay the bills. So we have to strive for this. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's also like, let's just use Neil Patel as an example. So maybe he's the solution for something for somebody. Somebody clicked over to his blog post and they're like, oh, I was wondering about that, yada, yada. And then they're like, well, how do I work with this guy? 
Do you know how much his packages are? Just like somebody like Joe Schmo that's looking for some help with like launching their online course or for creating a digital product, they don't have the budget to hire Neil Patel. I don't have the budget to hire Neil. Like, <laughs> what about the other people? There's different levels to this. And there's people at every level that need help. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. There are people out there just waiting for us to solve their problem. Mm -hmm. We are their people. We are their solution. And, you know, you can look and be intimidated by these big people all you want, but at the end of the day, they aren't meant for everyone and not everyone has the budget to hire them, Mm -hmm. nor does their personality match the personality of yours. So it's really important to weigh in on that. Don't let them intimidate you. Just like don't let other people in your space intimidate you from doing what you feel called to do. Because at the end of the day, we can have a million people doing the same exact thing in terms of being in the same niche, but not everybody's going to do everything the exact same way. And nobody's going to solve the problem for one specific person the same way. So they're going to look at personality and they're going to look at something that is a good fit and feels good to them. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if like, if you don't have the confidence to move forward with whatever you're supposed to help people take the pressure off, test and tweak, Mm -hmm. get curious about it. Like that's how I ended up in SEO to begin with is like just being curious and testing and tweaking and like reflecting and being like, Hey, what do I actually like doing? Like what part of this project did I like? What part of this project did I not like? And then the cool thing about owning a business is that I can do whatever I want. Like I can change (laughs) things. I can tweak things. If I was starting off here, didn't really like it, I could pivot. That's totally fine. Like we have the power to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think your website is, it's a working document. It's something that is evolutionary. You're going to add to it. You're going to change it. You're going to take things away from it because as you evolve as an entrepreneur or a business owner, so is your messaging going to evolve. And so you have to keep that up to date and focused. You know, as you shift your abilities or your drive to solve a certain problem, you have to keep that up to date on your website. Okay, so let's talk about SEO. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have like three of the most common mistakes people make. But before we dive into that, I just have one question. And it's more of a clarifier. So SEO is not just on the back end of your website. SEO is also in the copy of your website. Am I right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So there's actually six parts of having successful SEO. I break it down into like a six-part system. So the first thing is the audit. So where is your SEO starting? Are there any major issues that you need to address? So a lot of people think that like, just because they haven't focused on SEO, that they're not showing up anywhere on Google. And that's not the case because... How Google works is that it sends out these little spiders that go through and they crawl the web and they take note of websites and the content that's on them. They scan the content to get an idea of what the main idea is of that content so that it can put it in the index, which is like Google's big filing cabinet. So even if you don't like focus on SEO, Google has to put you somewhere in the filing cabinet based on the content that you have on your pages and your posts. So by doing an audit, you can find out which keywords or key phrases you're already showing up for. Because chances are you're showing up for something. It might not be what you want it to be. Like I think when I first started, I was showing up for like on page seven for what does the name Mariah mean? (laughs) 
And I'm just like, oh, well, that's not accurate. But, and then the audit will also help you figure out like if you have any errors and things like that. So the second thing is going to be foundations. So that's setting up the groundwork for SEO. And I'll dive into that when I talk about like the mistakes that people make. So the third thing is topic and keyword research. So this is the thing that like a lot of people in the online world kind of learn about first is keyword research. So it's digging in and finding topics and keywords that your audience is already searching for. So that's where a lot of people hang out. The other part that a lot of people hang out at is number four, which is on-page content optimization. So it's formulating your content strategically to make it easy for search engines and your audience to easily find you. So once you have like the main idea of your blog post or of your page or whatever, it's like, where do you put those keywords and key phrases so that it's super obvious to Google where to put you in the index? And then number five is off-page SEO and promotion. So it's like word of mouth for Google. So an example I like to use is like Oprah's website. Okay. Oprah is super authoritative. Google knows that she knows what she's talking about. But if Oprah were to link back to my website and like her page or her post or whatever, it's word of mouth for Google. It's a recommendation from Oprah's website to my website. So since Oprah, who's super authoritative, is linking back to my website, now my authority goes up with Google. My expertise goes up. Google starts to trust me and the content on my website more because somebody or a website that's super authoritative linked back to me. Mm -hmm. So that's number five. And then number six is check in on important ranking factors so that your SEO continues to grow in the right direction. So SEO is not a set it and forget it type thing. The algorithm changes, things change, the bots keep crawling the web so that they can keep the search results updated. But if like the bots crawl and see broken links or see errors, like that could end up tanking your search results. So yeah, just making sure that like we're on the up and up with SEO. So yeah, it's kind of like a six piece puzzle, essentially. Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so many details. I love how you touched on, especially the backlinks, because I've always known that's so important. And we have a blog, it's a great opportunity for us to link back to other people's sites as well. So if you're quoting an article from Forbes, hyperlink back to that article, you know, little things like that. You know, like for me, when I have guests on the show, I'm going to link back to your website. Mm -hmm. As people are scrolling or as Google's out there, the bots are out there going, they're going to link us together too. So if we both have a good rapport, then that's going to move us as both up, right? Yep, yep, exactly. And that's kind of like why PR is so important. And PR, not in like the, I need to get in my local newspaper or have a commercial PR, but more so like getting on podcasts, doing guest posts, creating relationships with people in complementing niches so that you guys can start to refer people. Because if people come to me for SEO, they might need help with copywriting. I don't do copywriting. Right. But it's like, if I have somebody in my sphere that does, I can absolutely link to them. Mm -hmm. So it, and it all goes back to giving your people an all encompassing solution to their problem. One-stop shopping. Yep. Yeah. That's what we have our build a brand program where I work with a team and we have a copywriter. I'm not a copywriter. I'm not a graphic designer, but I can offer those services because if you're trying to build a brand, you have to have all of that. Mm -hmm. 
And how much more easy is it to work with one person as, say, a project manager versus or one person giving you the referrals who's also going to connect back and work with you on the SEO and the copy together so it all molds versus going, you know, three different directions and having to coordinate it yourself. It's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it definitely can be overwhelming for sure. So, and also like word of mouth is so important. I'm more likely to trust that copywriter because you recommended them and I trust you. So it's passing that trust, passing that expertise on, which is, it helps build everybody up. Mm -hmm. It's community over competition all day. All day. Because like you said, like in the beginning, we all have our zone of genius. So nobody can do what I do like I do it. And that's, that's just it. Yeah. Your personality is going to attract people that my personality we don't do the same thing, but if we did, that my personality is not going to attract. So mm-hmm. there's a marriage out there for everyone at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about these three mistakes because that's going to loop us back to the foundations. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I went over the one mistake. I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent about not understanding keywords in research. So that is one of hands down the top mistakes that I see people making. Targeting too generic of words. Because like I gave with like the powerful speaker analogy, like you have to understand the user's intent. What does the user want to know? So it's like the same as like writing a blog post about copywriting tips. Like, is that your keyword? Or would it be copywriting tips for your about page? People are going to get specific because when they Google copywriting tips and they really want some for an about page, they're going to get more value from the more specific blog post. And save time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, definitely Google your keyword. Can I ask you one quick question? Mm-hmm. So I use Ask the Public sometimes, mm-hmm. like for content ideas. And they have, I mean, those are the questions that people are searching related to your, your subject. So like I'll put in personal branding or brand strategy, and it gives me a plethora of questions that people have asked that I can then answer, you know, and give that information to my clients. But then I know that that's something that's being searched on Google that I can then rank for. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Because people also, it's like the old way of thinking that keywords are only like one or two words. Like technically a keyword is one or two words. And so we want to focus on key phrases or long tail keywords, which are three or more words, because you also have to keep in mind that people use voice search. People are literally going to Google and saying like, hey, Google, shmee, shmer, shmee, <laughs> like ask, asking a question. Yeah. So it's like just, yeah, that's why answer the public is so great. I love that. So then I would also recommend just Google that question before you write a topic, like before you write your own blog post on it, because that's going to show you what Google is already deeming page one worthy. So how do you make your content better than that? Yeah. I love that. I'm like competitive by nature because I was always an athlete. So I'm like, oh, how am I going to get to the top? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. For sure. So that actually leads me into the second mistake that I see people making. They're not setting up the free Google tools like Google Analytics and Google Search Console. So Google Analytics is a little bit more well-known. It's essentially about the website traffic on your site how you're getting website traffic, 
what pages and posts they're coming to your site on, how long they're staying on those pages and posts, an overwhelming amount of data you can find out in Google Analytics. So this is really awesome for understanding the user experience that you're giving your people on your website. So if Google Analytics is how your website visitors use your site, Google Search Console is how Google sees your site. So, so many people leave this, like don't even set this up, but this is how we see if there's errors. If those bots are crawling and they see an error on our site, they're definitely not going to shoot over to my contact page and be like, yo, Mariah, hey, there's an error on your site, girl. No, they're going to show that in Google Search Console so that when I see that, I can now change it before it starts to affect my Google rankings. And then also in Google Search Console, you're able to see what people are finding you for, what queries they're typing in. You can see the position that you're in. You can see the impressions. So like how many people are seeing your search result. And then you can see the click-through rate, which is how many people are clicking on your search result. So like having these two tools set up is insanely important for strategizing what to focus on, seeing what's working, seeing what's not. Because at the end of the day, even with Answer the Public, you're creating a blog post, but what if it's not driving any clicks? So it's like just data is great. So I recommend setting up these tools now, even if you don't want to look at them. Don't look at them for six months if they sound totally overwhelming, but have them set up. How often do you recommend? How, like mine, it's all set up on mine, but, and I'll look at Google Analytics, but I really don't look at Search Console very often. How often do you suggest we do that? It depends on the amount of data you have. So it depends on the amount of traffic you have. It depends on the pages that are on your site. Like, are you creating new blog posts every month? Are you creating them every quarter? So I typically suggest to people, because we only have so much time in a day, at minimum, check in on your stuff once a quarter. Okay. And is this something you do for your clients? Yes. Yep. You do this backend research for them or data analysis for them. Yeah. So one of my favorite packages is an SEO power hour. So it's essentially an hour where we just like dive right in. We see what you're showing up for. We see if there's any issues, like is your Google search console set up? Is it set up correctly? What are you showing up for? How can we increase these rankings? Like basically the SEO power hour is where I meet people where they're at because everybody is starting from a different point and has a different beginning knowledge with SEO. Mm -hmm. So it's like an hour, like it really is like a hardcore power hour, just like working through the stuff and like whatever roadblock you're hitting right now, that's what we tackle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's a huge, huge benefit. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of... SEO tools out there, but they're so pricey that like bloggers and business owners don't often have the budget to go ahead and invest in these. But since I focus on SEO, I have access to them. So like, let me use the tool for you. Yeah. Like let me, let me type some stuff in. let's get some data for you. Let's create like a blog post or a targeting keyword list so that you have it moving forward for the next three months or six months or whatever you need. Now, when you're talking about the keywords and key phrases, so in my mind, I go to when I do a blog post and I have Yoast Premium on my website as like a guiding tool for me as far as SEO goes. 
And sometimes it'll, I'll put something like maybe I'll do the slug for the URL with a certain term and they'll say, oh, you've already used that for another post. We don't recommend that because Google will think you're like basically stuffing your keywords. So like, how do you, I guess that's all stuff that you monitor, you know, through the Google analytics and stuff like that as well. Or are there rules out there for how often you should use your key phrase or keywords and, or how you should mix it up or, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah. So it's kind of a loaded question because if there was an easy answer, we would all be on page one. (laughs) So it's kind of like, we want Google to put us in the right section of the index. We want to be in the right section of the filing cabinet. So using your keywords and your key phrases on your site interchangeably, like, yes, do that because we want to be in the right section. But best practice, like each page or post should be targeting one keyword or key phrase and they should be different. Like you shouldn't be targeting the same keyword or key phrase on three of your blog posts because then it's cannibalizing It's like you're trying to take over search results. And the reason why we should only focus on one keyword or key phrase per page or post is because there should only be one goal for each page or post. So if you're writing, let's say a blog post about brand strategy and something super specific, like getting started with your brand strategy or something like that, that's probably going to be like a pillar piece of content for you. So it doesn't matter the length, like give everything you can in this blog post, that's going to become a hub. So it's like a bicycle wheel. That is going to become a hub. You want, if nobody understands brand strategy, you want them to understand it after reading this. So maybe it's 3000 words, maybe it's longer, or maybe you have a a checklist or a freebie connected to it. And then you're going to have like subtopics off of that. So your subtopics are typically like smaller in length, but they all link back to the main hub. So that helps you increase your like rankings for that main keyword or key phrase because you're kind of pushing all this power under it, but it's also allowing you to show up for these smaller topics that are related to it. So when you say that, you would have your main blog, which would be the hub. And then you would have the subtopics would be additional blog posts that would link back to that main hub. Yes. So if we think about it in terms of like content organization, it's, you probably want maybe like starting out maybe like four hubs, like four categories, essentially like your categories, because all of those categories tie back into however you solve the problem for your person, Mm -hmm. but they're also different categories of content. Yeah. So if you want to think about your hubs as like the categories and then have like a one solid piece of content about that category, like the beginning of that category or the main topic about that category so that you can, it makes it easier for you to start linking, interlinking your content together. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a huge help. I would think. I mean, I, I know for me, like, you know, my blog posts now are mostly podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. So there's always a link back to them in terms of, you know, business development or branding, personal branding, something there's some, that phrase is in there somewhere, but it's not the overarching key phrase. And I really should, because I haven't done that link back to different articles and other blog posts that relate to it because I haven't done that. So that's probably a huge thing that I could do just right out of the gate. 
Yeah, for sure. And especially like with podcast episodes, like I know that some people like to put transcripts and things like that, but just keep in mind that the purpose of your podcast transcript probably isn't to show up on Google. Like if I'm Google searching on something, like I don't want the solution that I find to be a podcast transcript. So it's like, how can you turn your transcript into like a super helpful written form yeah. content. So that way you're hitting the users that learn differently. Mm-hmm. Audio people, visual people, Yeah, you're hitting all of that. And you're making that one piece of content super, super valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I do. I, you know, I know a lot of people just use a transcribing service, but I do my own show notes and I do it so that it is a really thought out formatted blog post so that on the back end of my website, the readability is good and the SEO is good so that I can drive that traffic there because then I'm helping you as my guest Mm -hmm. and I'm helping myself and I'm helping other people find the answers to their questions. There's so much strategy behind it. And I love how you've really brought it all full circle in terms of how we do this with our copy. It's not just the back end piece of it. It's how we think about it as an entirety, you know, from the pages to the blog post, then to the back end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I always tell people like, there's some people that are like, well, I don't know if SEO is going to help me. I don't know if I'm going to get the benefit from it. And I'm like, listen, if you strategize your SEO, you will create a content marketing plan that will ripple into everything else that you do. Because let's say you're spending all this time creating an Instagram caption. Great. Wonderful. But how great would it be if you spent that time creating a blog post and then were able to pull from the blog post to create that Instagram caption? Because you've already done the research for SEO. You already know that this is content that people are looking for. You're just using this content on a social media platform. But when people are searching for that solution that you're talking about in your Instagram post, Google's not going to show them your Instagram post and there's no way for them to search on Instagram for it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's great for engagement and for educating the people that are on that platform. But there are millions, even billions of people that are not on that platform that aren't going to that platform that don't want to engage on that platform that are going to Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know so many people, so many of my friends and and colleagues use Instagram as, you know, that's how they're driving traffic to their business. But for me, I focus on the website just because I feel like it's evergreen. I own my website. It's not going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Whereas an Instagram post could disappear tomorrow, but my blogs are there. I own them. They're there. They're not going away. Yeah. And it's also in terms of like long-term strategy. Like I said in the beginning, like I have a blog post that I wrote four years ago that brings in a ton of traffic. Yeah. And with Social media and with ads, so even like Google ads, with any kind of ads, with social media, when you stop paying or you stop engaging, you stop getting traffic. SEO is that thing that it continues to build momentum as you continue to build on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I have one last quick question for you. Tell me about bounce rate. Ooh, okay. So... There's like, there's some talk in the SEO world. There's different opinions on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this is why I'm asking. So (laughs) some people think that bounce rate is super important. And if it's above like 50, 
percent, then it's negatively impacting your SEO. It's really not that simple. So because Google judges your site on over 200 factors, bounce rate is just one of them. We also have to consider like, okay, so some people think that a high bounce rate is bad. It means that somebody came to your site, they saw your post, they didn't find the answer that they were looking for, and they went back to wherever they were searching. That's not always the case. Sometimes you gave them that exact answer that they were searching for, and they didn't need to read anything else. So typically when you have a lot of blog posts, you're going to have a higher bounce rate. That's just the way that it goes. Mm -hmm. The reason I ask this is because just that for years, my bounce rate was in that perfect zone. But as I started doing the podcast and I started putting more blog posts up and I put the, you know, they can listen to the episodes there on the podcast or they can read the blog and click over to the podcast, whatever, my bounce rate has gone up. And at first I started to panic, but as I started reading more, I started discovering that maybe it's not so bad because my traffic is still going up. Mm -hmm. And that's why Google Search Console and Google Analytics is so important because it's like, okay, are you getting more traffic from Google? Is your like position going up for these keywords that you're targeting? Like if you're getting good results, then why worry about bounce rate? Why stress out about it? It all depends on what the goal of that post is. So there isn't like a blanket statement of like, hey, if it's over 80%, do X, Y, and Z. Now, there are always things that we can do to improve like the amount of pages that people view on our site because that's essentially bounce rate. It's like they come to your site, they don't view any other pages. They only view that one. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's not a bad thing. Sometimes it's like they viewed that page, now they're on my Instagram. Then they just reached out and I sold the package. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, it's just a number. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to increase it, we'll want to increase the amount of pages that people are viewing on your site within one session. So some things that you can do to improve that is like having related posts at the bottom. That's a really great way. Interlinking your pages and posts, super beneficial. Basically, we want people to get into a rabbit hole on our site. We want them to end up on our site and we want them to spend some time on it. So we can look at Google Analytics. What's the specific bounce rate for each page and post? Like if there's one that like, oh man, this post is like 3000 words and people aren't spending a lot of time on it. That's kind of a problem because it's like they're not even reading it. Yeah. But if the bounce rate is really high, maybe you solve their problem. Mm -hmm. So like it, it just, it really depends on what you got going on on your site. But I would say that like your website will never be perfect. There's always going to be something that you can improve on always. And that's why we have data so that we can look at that and we can do that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to priority. And that's kind of my whole approach with SEO is like, we can do everything under the sun. But a lot of my clients don't have unlimited amount of time and resources to do that. So let's knock out the things that actually matter right now. Let's attack it priority first. Like, do you have any errors? That's why I have that six-step system because it's like, we need to do an audit. Like, where is there anything that's negatively affecting your SEO health? If there is, that's priority number one. Because if Google doesn't even trust your site, you're not getting any traffic, regardless of your keywords. So it's yeah. like, it's figuring out that priority. 
So if you're in a place to where you're really focused on bounce rate, I would ask the question, why? Like, why, why is that so important to you? And then it'll start to like trickle out into like, it's important because I want to start getting more people to my email list. I want to do this. And then it all comes down to the why behind it. Like, what is, what is the goal for it? So just looking at that number, whenever you log into Google analytics and like cringing, it's not, it's not doing any good. Like, I'll be honest, my bounce rate's like 80%. I still get a ton of traffic from Google. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you know, and I think what you have said and the biggest takeaway here is to use the data because, you know, that was something that at first I panicked over. And then as I researched it and I looked at the data, it's like, "Eh, okay, I don't need to focus my energy on that. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'll do everything in my power to make it better, but I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole specifically with that one statistic when I'm showing that other statistics are okay. I think that's really important for people to realize you have to look at the big picture, not just look at one statistic to gauge the success or progress of your website. Yeah. It's the same thing with like the website traffic numbers. People freak out. Like I've only had a hundred people on my website this month. Okay. That's a hundred human beings that have viewed your website that now know about you and have seen you in your power. Like, okay, great. Yeah. Like we so often forget that like those numbers are humans. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the whole point of being in business is to connect with humans and to help them. So like stressing out about your website traffic numbers, you can spend your time focusing on other things. It doesn't have to be like that. Yeah. Oh gosh, Mariah, this has been absolutely fabulous. I'm such a geek. I love talking about all this stuff. So I hope the listeners find it really valuable too. I think it's one of those episodes where they're definitely going to want a pen and paper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's not one to listen to while walking a dog, but where can the listeners find you? And I know you have something to offer the listeners as well. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't have a pen and paper and you were just like tuning in to listen, or even if you do and you're just like, well, this is like a lot, I do have a roadmap to successful SEO. So I dive into like what SEO is, why it's important, how search engines work. I go through the details on the six step process that I mentioned today. And I give an overview of why you're not getting the results you want from SEO and what happens when you skip one of those steps in the system. And then I also dive into the five tasks that you can start doing today to help you improve your SEO. So I think that the, I know that the roadmap is super actionable. It's not one of those like fluffy things that you download and you're like, oh, sad. This isn't what I thought it is. Like it actually, like I give you straight up information and help you get started in a non-overwhelming way. So we talked about Google analytics. We talked about Google search console. I give you links to learn how to set them up. I walk you through it step-by-step in videos. It'll take you a total of maybe 15 minutes. It's super easy. So yeah, if you want the links to those videos, just head over to my website, mariahmagazine.com slash roadmap to download that. But if you do hang out on Instagram, I know I threw some shade on Instagram during the episode, but I do hang out on Instagram a lot. So definitely reach out. Let me know what you thought about the episode. I'm Mariah Magazine Studio. So yeah, I would love to connect with the listeners. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. I loved it. I think this was so, so helpful. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I was super excited to dive in. And that's a wrap, friends. Thank you so much for listening today. I am grateful to have you here with me. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, will you please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review? That would mean the world to me. It will also help others find the podcast. I really look forward to getting to know my listeners. Will you please connect with me on Instagram? You can find me at the Robin Graham. You can also find me on Facebook and LinkedIn as Robin Graham. And I invite you to join my private Facebook group, The Brand Marketing Insider. Please spread the word about the Second Phase podcast. Until next time, remember to smile.